please join me in prayer Father God you have given us one more opportunity one more chance one more time to come into your house and worship you with your people in spirit and in truth you've given us one more time to sing the songs of Zion in the corporate worship service you've given us one more time to see you exalted through the dance you have given us one more time to give an offering unto you so that you might be blessed and that your people in this church and outside of this church might be encouraged you've given us one more time to see brothers and sisters and to feel your love and you have given us one more time to hear the word of God preached taught proclaimed and you've given us one more time to apply it we thank you that we get to be here it's only because of your mercy and your grace that we are here today clothed and in our right mind and I pray in our saved mind and if there's someone here today Lord who is in the sanctuary or someone who's watching and they do not have a relationship with you they don't have the joy of the Lord they don't have the peace of God Lord I pray that today they might know about the love that you have for them for us not only did you make them in your own image giving them dignity and value and worth but you made a way for that person that you love to be saved from the penalty of their sin because you sent your son Jesus Christ to earth who wrapped himself in human flesh to live a perfect life, a life that we could never live, so that he could die in the place of those who are sinful. We thank you that the lamb was slain for the sins of the world. I pray for that person who has never trusted Jesus, that today would be the day that they would not trust church they would not trust religion. They would not lean on their own understanding. They would not trust themselves. But today, they would put their faith in Jesus, the one who not only died, but the one who rose victoriously from the dead. Give your life to Jesus today. For the majority of us in here who do know you, Lord, we want to do what Paul said. We want to live up to what we have attained. Forgive us for when we have embarrassed your name. Forgive us when we have been hypocritical. Forgive us when we have not walked in the spirit, but we have chosen to live in the flesh. Forgive us, cleanse us, we repent, use us, restore the joy of our salvation. Now, Lord, help me to preach your word, help your people to hear your word. And help all of us to live your word through your strength for your glory for it's in jesus name that i ask it all amen and amen can y'all help me not only praise god but thank god for this band and this wonderful organist right here Well, if you have your Bibles, would you turn to the book of Galatians chapter 5? Galatians chapter 5. As we get into a subject today, a continuation from last week. And that is the produce of the Holy Spirit, part 2. The produce of the Holy Spirit, part 2. I am not much of a cook, but I am told that the best way to make baked chicken 
is to marinate it before you cook it. Can I get a witness? Some of y'all are saying, marinate? I've just taken it out of the pack and put it right in the pan and put it in the oven. Well, um, chefs will tell you that if you want to get the best taste out of chicken, out of fish, or out of meat, it's good to marinate it first. To marinate. And a lot of us don't have time to marinate, but if you do have time, to marinate is to soak the meat so as to saturate the meat. You soak it so that you might saturate it. Chefs will soak meat in a marinade sauce anywhere from two hours to 24 hours. That's some serious marinating. That's some serious soaking and saturating. You see, marinade sauce is usually comprised of oil, herbs, and spices. And when pre-cooked meat is soaked in the marinade, the meat eventually becomes flavored, saturated, and softened by the marinade juice. So to cook it, before you cook it, marinate it. Let, let it sit. Let it soak in order that the flavor may burst with every bite. Well, I'm not coming through for some of you, so let me go to a sitcom. <laughs> One of my favorite episodes of Martin is when there was a blizzard and they couldn't get out to the grocery store. They couldn't get out to eat and Martin didn't pay the heat bill and they're in the house cold and they're hungry and they're wondering how they're going to make it through. Then all of a sudden there's a knock on the door and it's Hustle Man. (laughs) Hustle Man comes to the door and he's got food. Actually, he's got chickens on a branch. Three chickens on a branch. Martin said they, they were pigeons on a branch, but Hustle Man said they were chickens on a branch, and, and he told Martin that these are free-range chickens. He said, they were free for me, but it's going to cost you a range of about $15, $20 to get these chickens. And he said to Gina and Martin that he marinated his chickens in pork and bean juice. That that was the secret recipe to his marinade sauce is that he marinated them. And listen to this, not only in a a pork and bean juice, but he marinated them for three to two hours. Three to two hours. Brother, it should have been two to three hours, but he said from three to two hours or three to two days. Well, in a similar way. Jesus used an illustration. It's found in John chapter 15, verse 4, where Jesus said to his disciples, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So three times in one verse, we see this word, Abide, abide, abide. And it basically means to remain in. And Jesus is saying to his disciples, you must remain in me. You must hang out with me. You must get close to me. You must sit down, remain, abide in me. Because that's the only way you're going to bear spiritual fruit is if you remain in me. You must be connected to the vine in order to get the nutrients from the vine to the branches so that fruit may come out of your life. No abiding, no fruit. No remaining, no fruit. No saturating, no marinating. There can be no fruit. And the equivalent of abiding in Christ is walking in the spirit. The equivalent of abiding and remaining and being intimate with Jesus is walking in the spirit. And last week we saw in Galatians 5 how Paul contrasted the works of the flesh 
to the fruit of the spirit. He, he made a comparison. He made a contrast because one of the greatest things that God has ever given us, all of us who are made in his image, is the ability to choose. And we have a choice. Are we going to walk in the flesh or are we going to walk in the spirit? And he said there's this constant war that goes on inside of every believer because as saved as we are, as sanctified as we are, as filled with the Holy Spirit we are, we're new people living in an old flesh. And the flesh is corruptible. The flesh has a mind of its own. The flesh is impulsive. Every day there's this internal battle that goes on, but the battle is not won by perspiration. Is one by capitulation. That's what we saw last week. By surrender to the spirit of God. By submitting to the spirit of God. And when this happens, the fruit of the spirit will supernaturally pop in our lives. You see, the fruit of the spirit that we saw last week, we just touched on three. We'll hit all nine today. The fruit of the spirit are Christ-like virtues. So when we talk about love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, temperance, those are all reflections of who Jesus is. And according to Romans chapter 8, the Holy Spirit is conforming us to the image of Jesus. We are looking more and more like Jesus every day as we yield to the Spirit and not fight the Spirit. Something will happen in us. We will be transformed from glory to glory to glory through the Holy Spirit, not human effort and religion and checking the list of spirituality. No, submission to the Lord saying, God, have your way. So when we see these fruits pop in our lives, we're seeing Christ likeness pop in our lives. And so when followers of Jesus submit to the spirit and abide in Christ and his word abides in us, you are going to change. You and I are going to be transformed from the inside out. So if there's not much change in your life, are you abiding? If there's not much fruit in your life, are you marinating? Are you submitting to the spirit of God? Oh my. Because spiritual fruit comes only, only through submission. And spiritual fruit is proof of spiritual growth. Jesus said you'll know a tree by its what? Fruit. A good tree can only bring forth good fruit. It can't bring forth bad fruit. A bad tree can't bring forth good fruit. It can only bring forth bad fruit. You'll know a tree by its fruit. You'll know a Christian by his or her fruit. It's the proof, not just what you say, but it's how you live your life, how you walk in the spirit, which is how you conduct yourself, how you live your life. That's the proof that you're walking in the spirit, the fruit that comes. And it not only blesses you, thank God for peace and joy in my soul, but man, this fruit is able to bless other people because fruit has seeds in it, which means it gives life so that it can perpetuate life and, 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 and uh, provide substance and sustenance for others. So when people taste not only of the Lord, but of us, our lives, they ought to walk away better because Jesus is in you, the life giving spirit, the fruit of the spirit. Your cup is overflowing and hungry people, thirsty people, struggling people. When they're around you, the same spirit that was on Jesus is on you and life comes through you. I love people who walk in a room and they give life to a room as opposed to those who walk in a room and just suck all the life and the energy out of a room. And a lot of them will talk in tongues and all this stuff, but they just suck all the life. You're struggling all of the time. You're down all of the time. And even in the fact that you're down, don't you know that the joy of the Lord, he's with you as you walk through the valley of the shadow of death? Where's your hope? Jesus, the fruit of the spirit. He does things in us that we could never do in and of ourselves. Galatians chapter 5. Let, let's see these fruits beginning at verse 22. If you have it, say amen. amen. But 
the fruit of the Spirit. Remember from last week, he's contrasting the works of the flesh with the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is different from the works of the flesh. How so? Because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And I have to believe that just as the works of the flesh list is not exhaustive, I don't believe the fruit of the spirit list is exhaustive. Like there's only nine because I don't see boldness here. You know, that's a fruit of the spirit too. Uh, hope is not mentioned here. That's a fruit of the spirit as well. And so we don't want to be just bound to these nine because when the Holy Spirit starts moving, conforming us to Christ's likeness, oh my goodness, you can't put a cap on that. So much is going to happen, but everything begins with love. Everything is built on love, which is the first and foremost fruit of these nine listed here. And we saw last week that love is a commitment of the will. It doesn't begin with a feeling. It begins with a choice, a decision to love. And your will decides to love, to seek a person's good. That's what love is. I, I want to, I, I make up my mind. I, I tell my will, I'm going to love you and I'm going to seek your good, even if it costs me something. Especially when the person that I'm attempting to love does not deserve it or can do nothing for me in return. See, you can't fake that. It's either real or it's not. You can't make that in your own strength. You can only bear this kind of fruit. And God knew we needed some, some help with this, that the Holy Spirit, according to Romans chapter 5, has shed love abroad in our hearts. So when the Holy Spirit comes, he brings these fruit. But the Bible says specifically, love comes with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said that the world is going to know you're my disciples by the love you have for one another. Love. Hang all the law on love, loving God, loving your neighbor. Love. God is love. Christians are supposed to be people of love. Mm, mm, mm. You can't fake that. You can't make that. All you can do is bear that fruit. Secondly, there's joy. Joy is when your soul is able to celebrate, especially when your circumstances are sorrowful. Joy, as we sang, is deep down in our hearts, in our souls. And, and it's the work that the Holy Spirit does that he allows you to smile when you just were crying. He allows you to see the end and not just where you are. And you think about Jesus being triumphant and it just gives you a little bit of joy in your soul. And you can have joy again. You can rejoice because trouble don't last always. There's this inner rejoicing from the Holy Spirit that ends up leading to outer strength. Because when you're down, discouraged, maybe even depressed, you get tired. But when the Spirit starts working, when the inward man or woman is renewed day by day, it's able to even overcome the outward man or woman that's passing away every day. So the older we come in the Lord, uh, the Bible says he's able to make your leaves fresh and green because he anoints you with fresh oil. And then oil gives you joy, joy. Now, you can't fake this. You can't make this. You can only bear this. And then there's peace. Peace is when restfulness comes, especially when there has been restlessness. Peace is when tranquility overrules anxiety. Paul said, be anxious for nothing. Paul, you tripping, man. You don't know my bills. Paul, you tripping. You don't know the people I work with. Paul, you tripping. You don't know my spouse. You don't know my kid. Paul, you tripping. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, through prayer. See, that, that, that gets us right there, right? Because we'd rather talk to everybody else about it as opposed to talk to God about it. But through prayer and supplication, supplication even talks about praying for other people that God would supply their need. Because a lot of times we don't have peace because we're so me focused. But when we become other focused and think about other people and you realize, man, I thought I had it bad. 
They really have, oh Lord, I stand in the gap that you would supply all of their needs according to your riches. Because it's more blessed to give a prayer than to sit around always looking to receive a prayer. Something happens, something happens. This peace will surpass your understanding. When you should have lost your mind, you're in your right mind. And folk are looking at you because you don't look like what you've been through. You used to turn to alcohol, but you turn to the wine of the spirit. You used to do this, you used to, but now you be still and you know that God is God. There's something different about you, it's called peace. And it's this calmness that comes in the face of conflict and calamity. You can't fake that. You can't make that. You can only bear that. Then there's long suffering. Long suffering. Some of your Bibles use the word patience. Patience. You know the old folks say, don't pray for patience because God will give you tests. You're going to get tests whether you pray for patience or not. Because God will use the patience in order to build endurance. So long suffering. Because we got Christians who are short sufferers. They quit. They give up. They faint. They fall out. They turn back. Soon as stuff get a little bit tough. Soon as it costs just a little bit more than what was required yesterday. Oh man, but, but the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to give you some stick to I'm going to give you some ability to endure, to remain, to be steadfast. The ability to en- endure difficult things is patience. For extended periods of time. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. You ever look at a family or an individual and you see that they have been going through some crazy seasons of suffering. Cancer and job loss and death in the family and all of it. And it's like, wow, Lord, they, they've been going through a lot. Oh, how are they making it? How are they sustaining the Holy Spirit? Because you can't fake long suffering. You surely can't make long suffering. We can only bear this fruit of long-suffering through the Holy Spirit. And then there's the fruit of kindness. And that's having tender concern for others. Oh, we love it when God is tender with us. But how about you being tender with other people? Mm -hmm. Kindness. It's being gracious, considerate of people and their situations. Kindness shows up in how we speak to people. Kindness shows up in how we treat people, especially when people are rude to us. I know my flesh wants to return curses for curses. But the spirit says return blessings for curses. Matter of fact, he calls on their head. That's speaking of be kind to them. Love your enemy. I can't do that in my own strength. You're right. Because if you could do it in your own strength, why would Jesus have to send the Holy Spirit? He says, if I don't go away, the comforter will not come and he will not only be with you, he will be in you so that you can live for me and live like me as you depend on me and abide in me and walk in the spirit. You can have kindness and you can sit back and say, that was a time I would cuss that person out. Look at me. I must be brand new. Yes, it's called you're growing. You're growing. I'm growing. Now, that don't mean you take one step forward and every now and then you take two steps back. But come on, get back in line and take another step forward. Be kind. And that's just something you can't fake. That's something you can't make. You can only bear kindness. Then there's goodness. And that's having moral integrity. And uprightness of soul. Christians, we're to be good people. We're to have a beneficence and a generosity about us that reaches out to other people, especially when they are behaving rudely or badly. You know, Santa Claus only wants to bless kids who've been good, not the ones that have been naughty, but the only ones that have been nice. And, and so as Christians, we, we, we're to bless people. Whether they are good or naughty. We're we're to be kind. Why? Because God has been good to us. So can we be good to other people? Oh man, I can't do that. You're right, you can't do that. 
I can't do it. But as we submit and yield to the Holy Spirit, this fruit of goodness pops in our lives. And we do not return evil for evil. Now, that takes us in to faithfulness. Faithfulness. That, that's the fruit that speaks of possessing loyalty and trustworthiness. So if someone gives you a, a, a statement, this is confidential. I need you to pray with me. Faithfulness says, yes, I'll pray for you and actually does it. How many times do we say I'll pray for you and we don't do it? But faithfulness, you keep your word. You do what you say. You say what you do, especially when it's hard to keep your word. Because you get tired, I get tired, but I said I was going to be there, so let me be there. The fruit of faithfulness. Because my flesh, oh boy, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Oh, it's fighting but I said I would do this. I said, and I will be faithful with the help of God. I will be dependable. You can rely on me to complete tasks. Oh, you can't fake this. You can't make this. You can only bear this fruit. And then fruit eight, gentleness. Some Bibles say meekness. And in our culture in America, Meekness is seen as weakness, especially when a man is meek. But again, we said we want to be like Jesus, right? And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly or humble in heart. So meekness, or in this case, gentleness, is having power, but it's under control. It's power that's harnessed. In other words, you don't have to go around bragging and boasting about who you are or what you have or what your accomplishments were or who you'll knock out if you have to. No, meekness. I've got power. I could hurt people. But by the grace of God and the spirit of God, the power is going to be under control. And it shows up in how I speak to people and treat people, especially when they are harsh towards me. And here's the thing that got me on. The thing about gentleness, because I want to be a gentle man, gentleness does not seek revenge. When you're gentle and someone does a wrong towards you and after you, Matthew 18, you speak with them and all of that. And man, if things don't happen, you move on. You, you don't have to fight with them. You don't have to get revenge. You don't have to talk about them. Gentleness. Keep rolling. Now, there are some women who are married to gentlemen. You ought to be respecting your gentleman. But if you walk too much in the flesh and where you used to live and where you came from, you're going to mistake your gentleman, your meek man for a weak man. As opposed to saying, because the fact that he has power but it's under control, he's a strong man. And then Paul says, self-control oh Paul I wish you just would have went on to the end of the chapter <laughs> now you all up in our business now self-control which is the fruit of the spirit that allows you to have rational restraint because the flesh is impulsive give me give me give me give me give me I want I want I want but the fruit of the spirit says wait a minute let's have rational restraint because everything you want it's not something that you need. And so when natural desires or fleshly impulses kick in, this fruit restrains inappropriate appetites and illicit passions. Yeah. I don't need to eat that. I don't need to watch that. I don't need to say that. I don't need to think that. I don't need to do that. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me take this thought captive. Oh, Holy Spirit, uh, uh, my mouth. Uh, no man, James 3, 8, can tame the tongue. But you can. So, Lord, please help me with what goes out of my mouth. 
and even what comes in my mouth because of overindulgence of my flesh. My belly is my God. No, Lord, I repent. You are my God. Help me, Holy Spirit, to have restraint. It's that thing that most churches don't talk about. We may have a little something coming in the new year, dealing with some self-control things coming. But man, we have all struggled at some point where our flesh is leading us and not the spirit. But we got to grow. We got to grow. And we grow to the degree that we're willing to submit. Now, don't say that you can't do something as a Christian. I, I just can't give that up. I can't give up. If God has said this thing is not good for you, and you say, I just can't give it up. No, say that you don't want to give it up. Because I thought we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. So don't say you can't. Say that you don't want to do it. Because the Holy Spirit, as we grow, he's going to grow us in the area of self-control. And we surely cannot fake this. We can't make this. We can only bear this. Lord, help me. As we submit, spiritual fruit comes through submission. But as I bring it home, I got to add something to that. Spiritual fruit, I submit. I abide in Christ. I'm going to walk in the spirit. Walking is an act of dependence. I'm depending on the spirit because he, he's like my crutch. I lean on him. I depend on him. Help me, God, so that the fruit may grow in my life. This is how spiritual fruit begins to come. By submitting to the spirit and not trying to be spiritual in my own power. Jesus said, for without me, you can do nothing. But with me, you can do all things. Do it with me. Do it through me. You can do it as you rely, as you submit. But it doesn't end there. Because Paul says something in verse 24 of chapter 5. He says, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh. With his passion and desires. Do you see what I just read? He talks about the fruit of the spirit that only comes from walking in the spirit, submitting to the spirit. And he does a work we could never do in our own strength. That's how the fruit comes. But in order for the fruit to remain, we have a part two in this as we walk with and work with the Holy Spirit. Sanctification is never about what God only does for us. It's us working with God as he works on us. And here it is. The fruit comes through submission, but it's maintained through crucifixion. It's maintained through crucifixion. Pastor, what do you mean? Paul says here that we've got to crucify the flesh with its passion and desires. Wait a minute. I thought I already died with Christ. Yeah, positionally, spiritually. But you got to die practically and daily. Remember, he gives us a cross to carry daily. It's an instrument to die on. It's not just something to wear around your neck. It's something to apply. Oh, God. So, so here's how it works. To crucify something is to be violent towards it, to kill it. The flesh is sneaky. The flesh is nasty. The flesh is deceptive. It can even sound like the voice of God if you don't really know the voice of God, where the flesh starts talking to you and you think it's all right to do something that violates what God said in his word or that God is going to make an exception for you and nobody else to do this particular sin because you said God spoke to me. You in the flesh. It's real sneaky now. So there has to come a time when, not if, when my mouth is tripping, Y'all want to pierce your tongues? Here it is. Crucify the tongue. This is being purposeful and intentional to say no. The Bible talks about saying no in Galatians, uh, no, excuse me, Titus, saying no to ungodliness and worldly passions. And as, and as Elder Sherman loves to say, before I can say no, I got to say yes. I say yes to Jesus. Your will, not my will. Your way, not my way. Your word, not my feelings. I submit to you. Yes, Jesus. Now here comes power and even a change of heart to say no to the thing you've always said yes to. It's a process. Here comes this thought that comes in. 
Take every thought captive. That thing right there, if you leave that seed of a thought in your mind, it's going to germinate. It's going to spread. You're going to start thinking negatively about yourself, about God, about people. Man, there are some thoughts that are high. Uh, the Bible says that they are strongholds and we got to tear them down. We got to take them captive. That's being spiritually aggressive. Because when I start grieving the spirit, oh man, Lord, what Jesus say? Look now. If your right eye offends you, hyperbole, pluck it out. So crucify. There, there are things we must do. Romans chapter 13 says, make no provision for your flesh. To fulfill its lust thereof. Make no provision for it. My flesh is, again, it's so sneaky. I remember, man, I, right now, I, 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 I'm delivered right now from Kroger vanilla ice cream right, right now I'm, I'm delivered right now it's been a good season for me I don't need it homeboy lactose intolerant be tooting all night with that stuff don't need it all that sugar I don't need it you might can eat it and be fine that's fine but for me me and my house I can't eat that I can't eat that I can't eat that but there would be a time though when I said, now nah, I can't eat it, but I would find my way around the ice cream section in Kroger or Publix and thinking that God didn't bless me because it's on sale. It's on sale. Look at God. No, look at your flesh. Make no provision for it. So that means don't go down that aisle if you can't handle that. Crucify. Put to death. Paul says in Colossians 3, mortify the deeds of the body. Because here's the thing about the flesh. When it comes to the flesh, you either kill it or it kills you. Those who play with sin will soon get played by sin. You play with it. Again, it's sin for me. It might not be sin for you. And some of you, it may be alcohol. It may be uh, cigarettes, marijuana. I don't know. But then there's that other stuff, too, of judging and slander and gossip and coveting, those things, too. So when they pop up, crucify it, kill it, put it to death before it kills you or plays you. The more we fool with sin, which is what our flesh is full of, the more we get fooled by sin. And you end up becoming a fool because of sin. You used to talk differently, but sin has so deceived you. Now that I talk to you, you sound like a fool now. You used to quote the Bible and live by the Bible, but now because you've been so deceived and entrenched in a life of sin, being led by your flesh, you all messed up. Need to repent. Come back to Jesus. Abide again. Man, I used to take my kids to Chuck E. Cheese, I'm so glad I'm out of that age and stage. Germ central up in that bad boy. Got to pray for you go up in there and take some disinfectant in your pocket and spray stuff down. Snot running and boogies rolling and kids everywhere. It's like, Lord, help me. The yea, though I walk through the valley of... So glad we don't go there no more. We play them little games and stuff. And get them little tickets, right? You, you spend $20 to get a roll of tickets. You win, and they give you a $2 stuffed animal. It's just, it's a ripoff. Anyway, anyway. Now, if someone from Chuck E. Cheese, one of the owners, comes to the church, I'll repent of that. And, and we'll thank God for any tithes and offerings they want to give. But anyway, uh, Marah, they had this game. They had this game called Whack-A-Mole. Whack-A-Mole. And that's when they give you a, a little rubber hammer that's on a string. And there are about six, seven holes there. And these moles put their head up and then they put them down. They put their head up and put them down. And the goal of the game is to whack the mole upside the head with the hammer. And, and the whole game, you boom, 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 boom. Because the moles go up, they go down. You, you got that one. Ooh, you missed that one. And then it comes down here, boom, and you're trying to whack all these moles. And the crazy thing about the, the game is that the only way you have a winner is determined upon who has the most points for that day. So you can play and you may not win because your points are low, because you're not that fast on it. And so they, they add it up by the points. Whoever whacks the most 
mold. So, so you're playing a game, you really don't win, or, or if you do win, you don't know because you had to leave and, and nobody beat your high score. What am I saying? The flesh is like a mole that lives inside. It, it's just, and it pops up its ugly head. Oh, look at that big booty Judy. Oh, look at that big breast Brenda. Oh, look at that pie. Oh, this person cut you off in traffic. Drive up next to him and just look at him. Somebody sent you a nasty text. Somebody done slid into your DMs. Uh, all these things. Steal out of this store. You got enough money to pay it, but you don't feel like paying for it. I remember, man, I would get convicted by the spirit because I was cheap back in the day. I'd go to Taco Bell and ask for water and go get Sprite. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm stealing. I'm stealing. I don't need to steal. That's when you whack the mole. You crucify the flesh. You say not today no this is not gonna happen because last time i did that it took me that I, 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 I i'm gonna stop it before it gets started and the thing is every day all day throughout the day you're whacking the mole you don't win because listen if you have victory today that mole coming back tomorrow and it's gonna come back the next day and what do you got to do through the power of the holy spirit i love how paul says this in Romans 8 through the holy spirit put to death the misdeeds of the body so even with the spirit, I got to whack this stuff. I'm not even doing it in my own strength. He's helping me whack the mole inside of me. But we got to whack the mole or the mole will end up whacking us. So strong tower, how's your spiritual fruit? Is it growing? You may say, pastor, I've been growing in love, man. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. But, ooh, that gentleness, Pastor. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Pastor, I've been growing in kindness. I've, oh, but that's self-control. Uh -huh, yeah, we're all in process. None of us have arrived. We're all pressing towards the mark of the upward call in Christ Jesus. We're all trying to apprehend the one who has apprehended us. In this natural body, we're all struggling. Oh, wretched man that I am. The stuff I want to do, I don't do. The stuff I don't want to do, I do. Who's going to deliver me? Thank God for Jesus every day, every day, throughout the day, if you're honest. And when you're honest with God, his grace, oh my God, his grace empowers you. So how's your fruit? Is it benefiting others? If not, it's time to abide a little longer. Time to marinate, marinate a little longer. Time to submit a little more. But remember, spiritual fruit begins with submission. And it's maintained through crucifixion. I can't do it for you. You can't do it for me. I got to do it for myself with the Holy Spirit. Well, Paul talks about there's this law. He, he says, when you're walking in the Spirit, there's no law that can come against you. The Galatians, they, they kept trying to, let, we're under the law of Moses. Paul's like, no, you're not. We're under the laws of men. No, you're not. You're under the law of love. That, that's the greatest commandment. And so he says, uh, there's no law against walking in the spirit. Because when a Christian chooses to walk in the spirit, he or she does not need an external law because the law of love is being fulfilled through them. And speaking of laws, as I close, we are under a new law called the law of the spirit of life. I'm going to get happy right here. And that law overrides the law of sin and death. That's what Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Let me say this. The kingdom operates by laws. By laws. And so the way to overcome one law is with another law. Very much like in this country. And so there's this law called the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It makes us free from the law of sin and death. Because that law was in me. Yeah, it's still in me. But there's another law inside my members that sets me free from that law to the degree that I'm willing to yield to the law of the spirit of life in Christ. Okay, you don't get it? Friday. Took my wife to the airport. 
so that she could go to California and be part of a writer's retreat. She's there right now living her best life. I hope the sister come back on Tuesday. She's having a good time <laughs> in California with other writers. And man, she is. Whew. I dropped her off at the airport early in the morning. And she got into a plane. And when she got into this plane, she ended up defying a law. What law? The law of gravity. What goes up must come down. You jump off of a two foot, two foot, 12 foot, 20 foot, the law of gravity, the gravitational force will pull you down. And depending upon how high you are, you might get hurt. So there's a law at work. But in order to defy the law of gravity, you need another law called the law of aerodynamics, speed and combustion. Aerodynamics, the way the plane is shaped, taking a tip from how the birds are made. Aerodynamics and, and, and then speed. It has to get up enough speed and then it has to have combustion. And when the combustion and the speed combine with the aerodynamics, it's able to defy the law of gravity. So this law is strong and powerful. It will pull you down, but this law will take you up. The thing about the law of aerodynamics, speed, and combustion is that you can defy the law of gravity, but at some point, you got to come back down because you got to refuel. You, you got to have maintenance checks and all that stuff. So, so, man, there are days I'm flying in the spirit of God, and I just wish, hey, man, it feel like heaven. I've got a first fruit of the Holy Spirit, man. Woo, thank you. And then the next day, I'm grounded. You know, planes, they'll taxi. You ever had to sit in a plane on a runway or while it's taxiing? It's like, hold up now. Planes, they may taxi, but they weren't made to taxi. Because you're not going to take a plane to taxi you from here into Florida. No, the plane was made to fly you into Florida. Yeah, it can taxi. It's not meant to be because it was built to soar. Oh, and Jesus saved me. He saved me to soar. He saved me to fly. You see, the Steve Miller Band, they got a song called Fly Like an Eagle. And the song says, I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Oh, Lord, through the revolution. And they played this song uh, in Space Jam, the first one, the best one with Michael Jordan. And, and, and he's, you know, slow motion. And then he jumps. He jumps. I want to fly like an eagle. So Air Jordan. But you know I got to remix it. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle. Let the Holy Spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle because I'm free. Oh, Lord, keep doing a revolution. And the key to those songs, whether it's the original or my remix, you won't find it on iTunes, but my remix, the key is found in the words, I want. I want to fly like an eagle. I want to. It's found in you want to. And when I want to, I'm walking in the will of God because God wants me to. Philippians 2.13, for it is God who works in you to will, that means want, and to do of his good pleasure. So when I want to fly, it's because God wants me to fly, and I'm walking with the Spirit, and I'm fulfilling what the Spirit wants, so I'm in the will of God. I want to. My want to has changed. So I want to soar with my Savior and not sink with Satan. I want to mount up on eagle's wings and not wallow in the mud like a pig. I want to ascend up to my God and not descend down to the devil. I want to be rocketed towards righteousness and not submarined into sin. I want to be lifted up into the heavens and not lower it down into hell. I want to take off in the spirit and not take down in the flesh. I want to glide in godliness and not crash in carnality. I want to fly. I want to walk in the spirit. I want to do what God says do. Because he who began that good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Christ. Would you stand with me on your feet? Before Felicia comes, let me dismiss all of our trunk hosts.
If you have a trunk today, you are dismissed at this time. The kids are ready to come and go. They got their bags. We're going to have some good, clean fun. For those of you that don't know anybody, this is your chance to get to know some people. Fellowship. Hang out for a while. I believe we got food. Am I right? All right. So, Miss Felicia, the dopest children's ministry director in all of Middle Tennessee. Would you come on up, my sister, and give us our final instructions and give us our benediction? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Good afternoon. I'm not used to being up here after. I'm used to being here before, but thank you, Pastor, for that word, for that song, Fly Like an Eagle. But I was doing the seal rendition. Didn't seal do that, y'all, too? Okay, so that's my generation. Pastor, me and you in a different generation, I just figured it out. When you said Steve Miller, man, I said, no, the seal did it for my generation, but praise God for being able to fly like an eagle. That's right, that's right. Y'all, so today's going to be so much fun. Let me just give you a couple of instructions. We've got food ready. Chef Ben is on the grill. We're just going to ask everyone just take one hot dog for the first time, and then you can come back. So we have hot dogs and chips and drinks and sodas and all the fun things. We have lots of trunks out there full of candy. Um, We have a petting zoo that is a school bus. Only Strong Tower would have this. And um, she has got caught up in some Titans traffic. So she may be running a little behind, but she is coming. And so we just want to be patient with her. So whenever you leave today, if you're going to join us in the back, which I hope that you do, go out of the fellowship hall doors. Um, and that way you can join us for fun. But we're about to have a great time. Our trunk host, we've got almost 30 trunks. It's beautiful out there. So thank y'all for coming through for that. So we just want to have a good time. DJ's going to be playing some music. We've got prizes. Oh, my stars. Lasagna is going to have your tickets. When you go out there, get a ticket because we're giving away good stuff every 15 minutes, okay? You have to be present to win. We have big prizes, all right, and good prizes. So make sure you get your ticket, get some good food, get some good fellowship, and have some good fun. We're going to celebrate fall today, y'all. Is that all right? Is that good? Amen. All right. Father God, we're so grateful for you, Lord, today and for the message that we heard, Lord. It's just hope. You give us hope in today's world, God, and we're just so grateful for that, Lord. Um, Thank you for a day of perfect weather so far, Lord. You're just so good to us. Uh, Be a hedge of protection for our church family and for others as they travel this week to and from work. Lord, guard our bodies from any illness that may come in. If anyone's at home today and under the weather, Lord, we just pray for healing for them today, God. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Have a great week. And come join us out back. Come join us out back.